Hey folks, this is Dr. Sam Byrne, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of the iClarity podcast. And I'm really happy to be here today because I'm getting a number of questions that I'd like to address. And um, let's let's jump right in. Um, question number one, this is a, a question from a, a family who live in Chesapeake, Virginia and they also spend part of their time in Akron, Ohio. And they found me through the Wellness Mama podcast. And uh, so the question is, is they both were very interested in what I was discussing. And they wanted to know if there are any optometrists who practice like me. Uh, This is a great question. And uh, you know, Generally speaking, uh, I have not really found anybody who is practicing at the level that I am uh, promoting. And I've I've been at this a long time, over three decades. And, you know, I've studied so many different modalities uh, in terms of helping people improve their vision. And I think the institutional educational process for both optometry and ophthalmology is very allopathically based. So it's, it's about a disease-based approach where we treat symptoms and we don't necessarily look at causative factors. And my, my pro- approach is more uh, about wellness. Uh, it's a wellness paradigm. So I'm looking at uh, how to treat the causative factors. And in doing that, then the symptoms go away naturally. And when you use things like pharmaceutical drugs and surgery, uh, it can have a tendency to just perpetuate the symptoms. And although it might get better a little bit, uh, it doesn't really treat the cause. This is one reason why I have developed something called the Clarity Program. And with you folks, you can go on my website and you can type in your different eye disease, whether it's say cataracts or macular degeneration and what will pop up is a 90-day program of different eye exercises to help you strengthen and improve your vision so i would uh, i would encourage you to explore that because those exercises um, are based on uh, many years of developing different protocols based on a person's uh, eye condition. The other thing I would say is that um, if you can eat more in a rainbow diet, if you can eat more foods that have high potent antioxidants, reduce inflammation in the body, reduce stress, and uh, heal any traumas that you have, I think you have a great chance of restoring and improving your eyesight. So I hope that's helpful. Check out my Clarity program. It's, it's really fabulous. Okay, let's move on to the next question. This is also somebody who listened to the Wellness Mama podcast, the interview I did with Katie. And the question has to do with uh, floaters and cataracts. Uh, this, um, this lady, her name is Sarah. She uh, has, developing, has been developing large floaters, and uh, now she's starting to see cataracts in her left eye and also it's starting to show up in her right eye and she's very nervous about trying the MSM eye drops 
and she's wondering if she should address the floaters first or address the cataracts first. Um, so um, here's what I would say, that number one, I think that MSM eye drops can help everybody. Um, because those eye drops uh, are sulfur-based, not sulfa, so it's not sulfa drugs or uh, sulfacetamide or anything like that. This is the trace mineral sulfur, which uh, is a very important trace mineral in our body. One of the things it does is it helps stimulate the production of glutathione. So when you do the MSM eye drops, yes, they can burn and sting a little bit, which means that um, you've got some circulation problems in the blood vessels. Uh, so you can do the eye massage, the uh, MSM eye massage, uh, but I definitely think both for floaters and cataracts, um, MSM eye drops are uh, number one on my list. Um, also, the thing about floaters is that uh, in the vitreous part of the eye, this is part of our connective tissue that it begins to harden and dry out as we age. And so MSM re-moisturizes the connective tissue so it be can begin to oxygenate and hydrate the vitreous and begin to reduce floaters. I'm not saying that MSM is the magic bullet to get rid of floaters, but it's definitely an eye drop that's worth taking to reduce some of the floaters' symptoms. In terms of cataracts, uh, I would also work with those at the same time by using the Cineraria um, homeopathic cataract eye drops right after you instill the MSM eye drops. So what the MSM eye drops do is they soften the cornea and they increase cellular permeability so that uh, the Cineraria drops can go in more deeply. Obviously, I would probably um, supplement with my eye vitamin, omega-3 fish oil, uh, glutathione, sublingual, um, a good probiotics. In other words, you want to take a look at you know, where there's an inflammatory response in your body, uh, where you can boost your antioxidants, um, you know, looking at your computer or digital device use, uh, is there blue, blue light uh, uh, damage from looking at the digital devices? Are you using UV protecting sunglasses? Uh, you know, stress is a big part of this uh, scenario as well. Now, the second part of the question is, is that uh, Sarah says she's got two siblings who've had cataract surgery, and um, then uh, they were diagnosed with glaucoma. Uh, there was also cataract surgery in, this, in her family, and then they had three detached retinas. So she wants to know the risk factors of cataract surgery. Well, you're kind of jumping ahead because you definitely can reverse cataracts, but if you do need cataract surgery, it is one of the safest surgeries out there. And in fact, in terms of um, cataract surgery, um, there's a study that came out which talks about the... Um, the efficacy of cataract surgery as it relates to retinal detachment. And in this study, it was actually a, um, a pretty um, large study. The title of the article is called The Incidence of Retinal Detachment After Cataract Surgery. And it was a retrospective study. And they actually um, took a look at over 12,000 cases uh, between the year 2000 and 2005. So I like the, um, the sample size. I like that it's been done over uh, a few years. 
And in terms of the follow-up after cataract surgery, the overall cumulative risk factor of developing retinal detachment after cataract surgery was 0.39%, so even less than 1%. So cataract surgery is usually a very easy surgery. It's very successful, has a very high success rate. And yes, there are risk factors where you can develop you know, glaucoma afterwards or retinal detachment. You want to talk to your surgeon about you know, the risk factors. It also depends on how healthy you are, what your immune system is like, uh, were you a smoker, what's your diet like, you know, lifestyle, stress. But if all those things check out, I would say the chances of success for cataract surgery are very, very high. It's the one surgery that I actually will recommend that I think that's really excellent if you're not able to use my natural methods. So, Sarah, I hope that that helps you. Um, I know that um, if you start using these natural remedies, they're going to support your eyes to be even better. Okay, next question. This is um, a gentleman from India, and he was treated with LASIK surgery in 2017, but he received an astigmatism uh, prescription um, after the LASIK surgery, and he wanted to know if natural exercises like my eye exercises uh, can have a bad effect on his vision, or is he just saying, could we redo the laser? Okay, so no, I don't recommend redoing the LASIK surgery. Uh, you know, part of our seeing is in the brain. It's also in functionally in terms of how we use our two eyes together, how we integrate our peripheral vision, what our stress is like, what our diet is like. And with the amount of astigmatism that you have as a residue after the LASIK surgery, it's minimal. And my eye exercises would work uh, favorably for you to maybe finish up the last little bit that the LASIK surgery couldn't do. If you go to my website and you type in astigmatism, I have a really great video on three things you can do in terms of eye exercises to reduce astigmatism. Remember, astigmatism is a twist in the eyeball. It's an irregular shape. And ultimately, the astigmatism is related to how the six extraocular muscles uh, are being used in terms of your vision, and there could be an irregular um, usage in terms of those six muscles. So by doing the eye exercises, you can re begin to rebalance uh, how those eye muscles are holding the eye and moving the eye. And um, I definitely think doing the eye exercises is the way to go to finish the job. Okay, next question. This is a really good question. This is a, a person who's had um, eye issues resulting from an occipital stroke. And I've had a lot of experience with uh, stroke patients and how it impacts their vision. Uh, but an occipital stroke, uh, so the occiput, the occipital lobe is one of four lobes in the brain, and it actually is part of our vision center. And so um, when you have a stroke, uh, some of the symptoms can be things like blurred vision, hallucination, uh, even blindness. So the severity of the symptoms is related to the severity of the, of the stroke. And I have found that also an occipital lobe um, uh, stroke can be a life-threatening situation. It's an emergency situation. So you want to make sure you're taking care of your circulatory system because it can affect the arteries, uh, it's a kind of a, a stroke that it also can be called an ischemic stroke. 
Um, some an, exa an example of that is there could be a blood clot somewhere or a leaking blood vessel. Uh, so you want to, you know, go to your doctor and make sure that your circulatory system is working well. Um, again, you want to check things like high blood pressure. That's another risk factor. Um, hypertension. Uh, obviously, if there's a family history of stroke or many strokes, you want to, you know, um, you know, explore this with your doctor. Some other risk factors include using things like amphetamines, if you're a smoker, if you have obesity, if you have an inactive lifestyle, if you use birth controls or estrogen replacement therapy, and the, the incidence of stroke can increase after the age of 55. So in terms of um, rehabilitation, this is a perfect situation for my program. And again, with my Clarity program that I've put up on my website, I would look at um, the diabetic retinopathy program uh, because this is what we call a retinopathy issue. It does affect the retina. It affects your peripheral vision, your balance, um, your depth perception. And so in my Clarity program, I would say the diabetic retinopathy program will help stimulate and increase retinal circulation, brain circulation. It also works on helping your two eyes work together. Um, if you've had a stroke, um, I would really make sure your circulation is working well because the better your circulation, the better the oxygenation, the better the hydration, so you're able to get rid of free radical damage and oxidative stress. And if you're able to, um, I would see if you could boost your dietary absorption. I would also, um, you know, uh, consider supplementing with things like... Um, bilberry and lutein and zeaxanthin. Um, again, anything to improve the circulatory system would be really, really great. Uh, there's something that I wrote about recently in um, the Mind Body Green um, blog, and I talk about ocular regeneration. And in this ocular re regeneration, there's something called um, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And this is a protein that um, has been discovered that when you increase BDNF, both in the brain and in the eyes, you actually uh, can stimulate both brain cell growth and eye growth, um, eye stimulation, eye regeneration. So in terms of the BDNF levels, ways that you can increase BDNF would be, here, I'm just going to run through the list. Increase aerobic exercise for at least 20 minutes per day. Get 30 minutes of sunlight per day before 10 a.m. and after 5 p.m. Try intermittent fasting. Now, I wouldn't do this unless you talk to your doctor and, again, make sure your heart is good, your circulation is good. But uh, there's some studies out there showing that intermittent fasting can actually um, stimulate and heal your digestive system. Taking omega-3 fish oils is another way to increase BDNF. Probiotics is another way to increase BDNF. Turmeric or curcumin has been found to increase BDNF production. So this is all about the brain, the occipital lobe, your eye health. Um, this BDNF is a really interesting um, 
discovery that now neuroscientists, neurologists, uh, holistic functional medicine doctors are talking a lot about it. Some other things, maintain a healthy weight, cultivate positive relationships, uh, get a good quality of sleep. This is really important to get good sleep every night so that your body has a chance to regenerate. Reduce your stress levels because irregular cortisol levels can disrupt your BDNF. That's the cortisol produced by the adrenals. Add magnesium to your diet. It is estimated that more than 50% of Americans are deficient in this mineral. I don't know what it is in other countries, but um, that's pretty high. Add zinc to your diet. The trace mineral has an antidepressant quality, and that can increase BDNF. Uh, so... Overall, I think that there's a lot of things that you can do in a rehabilitation area once you, you know, get checked out by your doctor. There's lots of different ways that you can improve your vision and regenerate some of the deterioration that goes on with stroke. Um, so I hope that helps. And thank you so much for your question. Okay, next question. This is um, a wife who's uh, concerned about her husband. He just had cataracts removed in both eyes. This was in March and April. And um, prior to the operation, he had uh, detached retina. Um, you know, this happened nine years before he had the um, cataract surgery. And he also has suffered with glaucoma. So he's got the big three, cataracts, um, glaucoma, and uh, retinal detachment. And the question is, uh, can he use the MSM drops because now he's got dry eye uh, syndrome. So this is a classic example where, you know, you're, you're going back to the eye doctor and basically he or she is diagnosing these different eye diseases. And this, um, this is really where, if you start looking at the oxygenation and hydration in the eye tissue, that if you can start improving the oxygenation and hydration, then the cell tissue in, in all of the eye is working more efficiently and it's able to get rid of metabolic waste and oxidative stress. So this gentleman has, has had um, poor circulation in his eyes for a long time and it's just manifesting in these different conditions. So absolutely, number one, the MSM eye drops would be fantastic for him. Um, I would do the eye massage with that. I would also, um, if he wants to, if he goes up on my Clarity program and types in dry eye, he will get um, a 90-day program on different eye exercises that stimulates his eye circulation, his eye lymph, his immune system. So these are exercises are designed to help improve the oxygenation in the eye overall. I would definitely get on some high-potency uh, eye nutrients, omega-3 fish oil, uh, again, any way that he can reduce inflammation in his body, as I suggest, I, I suspect that he's got some uh, low to moderate grade inflammatory response going on that he hasn't dealt with. There also might be some toxicities that he needs to address. So um, these would be these would be the directions I would go. But in terms of the short answer, the MSM with the eye massage would definitely support his eye health. Next question. I was told by my eye doctor that I have a condition called a pterygium. And what can I do about it naturally to help improve my eyes and vision? 
Okay, well, a pterygium is a, um, a growth on the front part of the eye. Um, it's basically, it looks like a raised cream color growth that grows on the inside part of the, I say the, the nose side of the white of the eye. And um, it can get yellow, it can become reddish, uh, and it actually can grow onto the cornea. So you can remove the pterygium surgically, but the rate of recurrence for it growing back is about 40%. And um, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, again, we can treat the symptom of it, which is cutting it out, but then it grows back, which tells us that there's definitely some systemic and metabolic reasons why the pterygium is growing. So I want to go through some of the causes and some of the things that you can do to, um, to reduce it. So the first cause is sun and wind. And usually this occurs with people that live near the equator. Uh, I know in my region, in the desert southwest, when I used to work on the reservations, the Native Americans, most of those folks had pterygiums because they're exposed to uh, both ultraviolet radiation from the sun and also they're exposed to the wind. Um, so the dry eye piece of it is really critical. The second thing that, that causes the pterygium is what we call meibomian gland uh, dysfunction. And what this means is that um, if the meibomian glands, which are housed in the lids of the eye, and they produce the sebaceous part of the tears, that if they're not producing enough of the oily part of the tears, this changes the, uh, the tear film and it's the sebaceous part that kind of protects our eyes from the pterygium development. And so this, then this goes into the third reason is that the dry eye syndrome is there. Uh, and that can be systemic, metabolic. It's related to stress, toxicity, trauma. So in terms of treating it complementarily, um, I would recommend MSM eye drops four to eight times a day. Uh, I would do the eye massage pretty vigorously. Um, I would also use many eye nutrients, um, everything that ranges from, um, you know, my, my whole health eye vitamin is really good because it has riboflavin. Uh, and the B vitamins actually are really important for the cornea, taurine, bilberry, lutein, zeaxanthin, trace minerals, uh, are zinc and, and um, magnesium, selenium, um, I would consider glutathione, uh, sublingual, um, and I would also take a look at any places where you have inflammation in your body, where you've had trauma. Uh, I would definitely protect your eyes from the damaging UV radiation, so you want to get a good quality 100% UVA and UVB protection, uh, protecting wraparound sunglasses. I would consider blue blockers, um, and you know, just in terms of your overall diet and lifestyle, when you start changing those things, they have a profound effect on your eye health. So that, that would be a start for you. Um, I have a video on my web store, website, which uh, is uh, on pterygium and cornea health, so check those out. But uh, there's more that you can do besides going for the surgery. Okay, this is the last question today. This is about um, a mom. She's calling about her 11-year-old daughter, and um, she's having um, 
Well, she's having some blurred vision, and one of the eye doctors that they went to recommended glasses for distance. And so um, she's been diagnosed with myopia or nearsightedness. So as an 11-year-old, she's reading a lot. And the last thing you want to do is just put nearsighted glasses on a child for distance because you're treating a symptom. Uh, The problem is up close, the visual stress, uh, this is where it resides. And so doing vision therapy exercises to create more flexibility in the visual system up close will help release the eye muscles so that the distance acuity is clear and you don't need to get the nearsighted glasses. Because once you start getting the nearsighted glasses for distance, then you're married to them. Your eyes are gonna take them on and it's a symptom approach and you're gonna go back six months or a year later and you're gonna need a stronger and stronger prescription. So I always say to, uh, this is a question I get with school nurses a lot. They go, well, the, the person sees clearly in the distance Um, and they pass their eye test, and yet I know there's vision problems. So the way you can tell that somebody really has a vision problem, especially a child, is give them a book to read and watch their behaviors. If they scowl, if they close or cover one eye, if they pull the, the book in closer than where they should, you know you have a problem with visual focusing, visual tracking, or visual coordination. And I suspect in this situation, uh, this 11-year-old, the, the problem is occurring up close, and that's what you want to address in the vision therapy. And I wouldn't get the distance glasses, uh, or if you do get a pair of distance glasses, it should be maybe 75% of the entire uh, prescription power, and it should only be used for distance activities, because if you read through that prescription, it's going to make your eyes much worse. So that's uh, all the time that I have today. Uh, I hope that this has been informative for you. I want to thank you again so much for tuning in. And until next time, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.